everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Pillow Talk with Mark and B. I'm B. And I'm the boyfriend, Mark. The boyfriend, Mark. Hey, how's it going, B? Senor Mark. Senor Mark. Marcus, Marquino. El Marquino. <laughs> <laughs> how's it going? I'm chill. It's been a good week. Lots of ha- lots has happened. Lots of, yeah, we've done a couple things here and there for sure. Mm-hmm. Before we get started, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us uh, on the show, you can email us at pillowtalkwithmarkandb at gmail.com or you could check out our Instagram at Pillow Talk with Mark and B. Oh, speaking of Instagram, yeah. we're shadow banned. <laughs> oh. one, of, one of my friends texted me today or this week and he said that he had to literally type our entire name for us to come up, which means Instagram is patrolling. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, who knows what kind of horrific things I've said that... Honestly, I feel so like honored. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, rebels. <laughs> but yeah, so if you're looking for Instagram, click on the podcast description below because that's probably the better way to find it. Yeah, and uh, you can uh, buy t-shirts at Teespring or you can click on the ep- episode description below. There's a nice little built-in shop there. And uh, don't forget to support us on Patreon. Um, and thank you to all those who already have supported us on Patreon. It really means a lot. One dollar, you know, you're not going to notice it, but we will. Yeah, definitely we will. And we have a new Patreon. Oh, Magdalene, Magdal, Magdalena. Very cool. Thank you so much for uh, uh, subscribing to the Patreon. It, it's incredible. Yeah, honestly, um, I get so excited every time I see a new Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very cool stuff. So let's recap the week. Yeah. Um, we went a little vacay from our vacay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went to this cool little like Airbnb in the surf Caribbean shack. side. It was yeah, this cool little surf shack like. And it wasn't even, like, in the jungle. It was, like, a seven-minute drive outside of town. And it was, like, I felt like I was in the middle of the jungle. There were geckos everywhere. (laughs) I woke up to monkeys. Like, they're called New World Monkeys. And they make these crazy sounds. And I guess it's just warning other monkeys to stay away from their trees. (laughs) It was so cool. Yeah, the building itself was super cool. It was, like, you know, it was very tropical. Like, it had blue blue walls Mm -hmm. and, like, you know wood features and it's cement mixed with glass that was designed it yeah. was so cool yeah it was such a cool place it was just so like so unique mm-hmm. and then we got up got ready for breakfast went outside and we were just looking at looking over the porch onto the ocean and bam a toucan came <laughs> and we were like freaking out and mark started almost touching it and i was like oh maybe not like i don't know if it's gonna kill you or not and, and i'm it, like just trust me it jumped on his fucking arm <laughs> yeah i kind of just put my arm out and i said here Graham, come here Graham. He's the animal whisperer. And then Graham came and it was fantastic. We got some cute little videos of me feeding it and it stealing food from me just right from my plate. Papayas. Papayas. Two papayas. (laughs) If anybody's wondering. It was such a cool experience but yeah yeah, like it's it's just a different world down here you know Mm -hmm. um, compared to the cold frozen tundras of Canada. Yeah you got sick too and that was oh my god first of all El Marquino sick is so sad to me because he's got so much energy all the time and he there I've got this one video where he's playing with a cat but he's so tired he just like lays his head down and like oh (laughs) but I went to town and I got medicine I got electrolytes and uh, probiotic and it was nine dollars and sixty cents no coverage no anything cheap and I loved it and you were feeling better in a day yeah that was the first time I've ever had medication normally I just suck it up because whatever it's just a sickness he's a fighter yeah whatever who cares I was sick for a day and it was not a big deal yeah um yeah it was funny people on the discord like feel better soon I'm like 
oh yeah don't you worry i'll be <laughs> it's fine like it's just a little thing don't worry about it but yeah uh it was a fun little week yeah. it was uh, some fun stuff i feel like on a personal note i've been doing a lot of like self discovery self growth we've been having a lot of conversations with people and actually okay so let's talk about this so the other week we did an episode on addiction yeah yeah and uh like at the end of the episode, I was kind of talking about how one of my family members kind of had it and how I was kind of dealing with it, kind of how I cut him off a little bit. And uh, just over the last little bit, like I, uh, you know, I got some messages, some feedback. I started learning a little bit more about it. And I remember saying one thing on that episode is maybe I need to learn how to just be a little more accepting and like a little grant a little more slack to people. Um, and that is something I did. Like I, I actually end up messaging him and uh, saying like, Hey man, sorry that I kind of cut you out. That that was a dick move, whatever, and like apologize and uh, tried to make amends. And he 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 accepted it. He was the bigger man in the situation. He's like, no worries, man. Like you're my brother, mm-hmm. and I wish I could have been the brother to him. But yeah, it's interesting too because he had said that if you had sent that text even a week before, he wasn't ready for it. Yeah, and he would have gotten upset and whatever. But timing, perspective. We've had so many conversations about just growth and mm-hmm. and now we've uh we've talked to him like uh like almost every night every other night for the last week or whatever yeah, he didn't call yesterday and i was like a little bit sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it just the thing is so like he you know everyone makes mistakes no one's perfect but there, there is something that has flipped in him and he's trying to do better and stuff and a couple of things i said that was criticism just wasn't warranted and uh it you know, we all live, we learn, sometimes we make mistakes, and it's up to us to know when we made a mistake and own up to it. And own it, absolutely. And, you know, he gained a new respect for me because I, I'm like, hey, man, can I call you and apologize? And, mm-hmm. like, I don't want this to just be a text message. Can I please, like, call you? He did you say know? something really interesting that's kind of stuck with me. He said, people always get hurt, but being angry is a choice. Yeah, and and so I also gained a new respect for him because he was not angry, and he accepted me once again as a brother, and it was just like... Yeah, you know, we we all go through shit, and sometimes we make mistakes, but we can get through it together. And especially if it's people that are important, like family. And while me and him are never the we're never the closest, he's like six years older than me. Yeah, like I still want to be on good terms with him, and yeah. you know, 100%. so the thing is, like, you know, we we're all learning, we're all improving, and hopefully everyone kind of just gains stuff every yeah. every day, new perspectives. Yeah, new, we're new... all on our own personal journeys. And that might mean something to different people, but it's interesting when it all comes together and everybody's living in harmony. Yeah, because that's definitely my preferred state. Like, uh, I, I don't, I don't fight. I don't. Yeah. I can't be bothered to. Even with but. me, like I keep planning for family to come and visit us and whatever, and I don't want not him to be there. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I see him there. I have yeah. plans for when he's here. <laughs> we plans. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that was interesting. That was just kind of uh, something that because of this podcast even helped me, I got some messages, some additional kind of feedback. And it was just like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like maybe we should work on this. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, we should just dive into the episode today. Let's do it. Uh, today we're talking about, uh, embarrassing things in our life. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple embarrassing things. You've got a couple embarrassing things. The point of this episode is like, embarrassment has its place. Yeah. Um, 
for for me and my brother even i'll draw it back to that for one second i was literally embarrassed about the message i sent him like mm. it was just like it was not cool it was embarrassing i regret saying it it's you lashing out yeah it was me lashing out and yeah it was just whatever so embarrassment shows you things that maybe you need to work on things that aren't right whatever yeah uh, it's a powerful tool yeah if you know how to use it exactly um, totally so i'm gonna I'm going to talk about three embarrassing things in my life uh, that have really shaped a lot of who I am. Like really, really shaped. Yeah. And I'm excited. There's things I, I don't talk about, obviously, because they're fucking embarrassing. But, yeah. uh, and I'm sure a lot of my friends, uh, like, they don't even know this kind of thing. Oh, uh, So let, let's start <laughs> off with the first one. I was a filthy bedwetter. Yeah. Uh, and not just till the age of 10. Like, man, I had a serious problem till I was at least, like, 16. Do you know why? Uh, yeah, like, I don't know, man. I don't know what the cause was. Like, it, it was just... Like you were just a deep sleeper? D- and... Yeah, maybe deep sleeper. Maybe I had a sl- small bladder. Who, who uh, fucking okay. knows? I have no idea. Um, Interesting. But, like, I, I wet the bed till I was 16. And there was a lot of like shame obviously involved in it. Like why the fuck is this happening? And it's like, you try things like, okay, I'm just going to wake up. Okay. I'm going to set my alarm at two o'clock and then wake up and then go to the bed bathroom. Oh my then God. you did that. Yeah. And, but it's like, hey. you, fuck, I woke up at two and I already wet the bed at one. And it was just, like, it was brutal and it was super embarrassing. And like, I would hide it obviously naturally when I was younger, I'd really hide it like, or, or, you know, just strip the sheets off, flip the mattress over and try to go to bed prop, whatever. It was just brutal. And then, you know, my parents like would put crinkle sheets on the right plastic sheets, plastic sheets on the mattress. So then friends would come and sit on it. It's like, there's no way they don't fucking know. It's so awkward. And like, my God. And now thinking about that, there's no way they fucking knew. Like they don't know what those are for. Well, well, no, I bet I guarantee probably one of their brothers wet the bed. See, See, the point of embarrassing things are to like, we all are embarrassed by things. We all have things happening. And, like, we it's fine to talk about it because chances are pretty good. You know somebody close to you in the same situation yeah. who you might be able to glean some, some knowledge or some tips to help some you insight. through. My dad, he wet the bed until he was older, too. I don't think he was as old as me. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things. So there's hiding and there's shame. And I remember there's a couple times when I was, like, let's call it just, like, 14-ish where... Um, the night before a big friend sleepover or whatever, I got caught wet in the bed and hiding it. My parents didn't get mad that I wet the bed. They got mad if I hit it or ah, didn't deal with it. Right. So I'm not trying to make my parents out to be like, why don't you just stop? It was like, no, you can't. If you're going to do this, you have to deal with it. You got to be responsible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of times where it's like going to go to a friend's house and then they got caught and wasn't allowed to go. And then it's like, fuck. Ah, uh, yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just one of those things. Eventually, like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't go to sleepovers because, you know, I couldn't risk it. Yeah. I, like, I was in high school and I was at a friend's house and I wet the bed. And, and it was like a sleepover with, like, five guys or six guys. I wet the bed and it wasn't bad. I think I got away with it or whatever. I tried to deal with it. But it was just like, oh. man, it affected my life. And it was just like one of those crazy fucking things. That just every single night you had to deal with stressing about it again. Yeah, and again, again and again. again. It's like, I, I didn't know how to solve it. That's so um, sad. Eventually, I just stopped drinking liquids after dinner. I, wow. Yeah, where it's just like, okay, if I just don't have any liquids, I can't do it. And I got over it. I got over it eventually. Um, when I bought my own mattress for the first time, I'm like, I'm not going to piss on my own stuff. You know? <laughs> 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 That's my property. <laughs> you can do that on my parents' property. Yeah. It's different now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I... I 
I, I, I adapted and I learned like, okay, like what causes this? Okay. Obviously I'm drinking too much water or too much liquid. So let's cut back on that. And I, like I said, I tried other things. I tried setting alarms. I tried doing things, but eventually I just like cut the source off at the problem. Mm. But yeah, it's one of those things. Maybe if you're going through this, like, fuck, it's embarrassing, but talk about it. Get help somehow. Yeah, maybe even try, if you're like, talking to like a parent or even a therapist, where it's just like, yo, I don't know. There's like online therapy that you can like instant message. Yeah, talk to that person, get it out, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, for me, it was just like one of those things I dealt with for like till I was 16, and even like when I was like like 19, it happened once or twice. Like, mm. yeah, you know, it's just it was just awkward and shitty. Yeah. There was a point too where I, I was like. My parents are like, okay, we're going to buy you these diapers. And I'm like, oh, I'm way too uh, fucking old for this. But it's like, okay, here we go. Interesting. Yeah, and it was just... Wow. Yeah, it was a situation. It was but a now situ- you have water before dinner or before bed. Yeah, yeah. So now now I think like a lot of my insomnia sometimes comes from like paranoia. Oh my God, I wonder. Yeah, like where it's like, if I have even just like a little bit of like a pissful bladder like i can't sleep and i'll have to get up my legs will start twitching and i'll oh go into like this weird paranoia state it's so what weird freddy twitch yeah yeah <laughs> legs i don't know but oh man yeah it it was it was awkward it was embarrassing but uh you know you you, you can get over things it's the point you yeah. can you can make changes to your life and i try different things and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but just keep trying you know how old were you when you finally just like didn't anymore i guess after 19 yeah let's call her somewhere around that 19 age wow yeah that's crazy yeah it was a situation you poor thing yeah i'm so sorry no it's fine (laughs) thanks for sharing that's crazy (laughs) yeah yeah um you know if you're going through that it's fine cool people like me have done it yeah so world famous podcast yeah (laughs) you'll get over it you'll grow out of it sometimes just even naturally and you know just try not to lose hope and Try to even learn, like, it was one thing that my parents really used to help me, t- t- to teach me responsibility and to not hide things and, like, yeah. you know. Where it's like, you did it, we can't just turn the mattress over and pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah, like, we, we need to, to deal with it. this, we and it's to. fine, we're not mad, yeah. but we do have to deal with this. That's interesting. I used to wet the bed, and we had, like, I don't know if anybody's going to know what this is, but, like, bladder infections and stuff, me yeah. and my sister, and... Uh, when you get a bladder infection, it basically makes you feel like you have to pee, but you don't have to pee. And then when you go to pee, it burns. Yeah. And so you, it's just miserable and whatever. My sister actually had to get surgery for it. So I remember wetting the bed. I remember my parents would come in and check on us before they went to sleep. And I remember this one time where they're like, oh, like you did it again. Get up. Have a bath. Like, let's fix this. Let's change this. And we weren't allowed to have water before bed. <laughs> Even if I was dying of thirst yeah. in the desert. No. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, even I can relate to that, babe. Yeah, everyone can. Like, I'm and, sure everyone can. Yeah. We didn't just born knowing how to use the bathroom. And especially for bedwetting, it's like, it's something so out of your control. Like, you're fucking sleeping. My like, brother actually told me this story. He had wet the bed, and I know that he was old enough, I think maybe even like eight or nine. So, too old to be wetting the bed, quote unquote. Yeah. But he said that he was having a dream, and it was like super, super real to him. He was like an aunt, 
and it started raining. Hmm. And so all of a sudden it started flooding and everybody's freaking out and then he woke up drenched Ugh. and he had peed himself. Oh, that sucks. So like even your subconscious is doing things yeah. and like it's so out of your control when yeah. you're asleep. Yeah. So, you know, just, just learn to deal with it, make the best of it, maybe try some things, different things, yeah. don't drink as much, whatever, but... Yeah. Well, we're going to get into coping things later, yeah. so what's your next one? <laughs> my next really embarrassing thing was I bit my nails till pretty much last year, till I was like 31 years old. And like, I don't think biting your nails is a good description. No, like they were the worst like ever. If you Google imaged worst nail biting fingers, my hand would come up quite literally because I paint miniatures and post them online. So Yeah, like you could barely see a nail by the end of it. Yeah, it was messed up and uh, like... I, I always like tried to stop and I tried to use willpower and you know people said put this dandelion gunk on your fingers and it's like nothing nothing worked mm -hmm. nothing worked and eventually I just gave up on it and uh, I I bit my nails when like I was basically bored like I did a lot when I was driving mm. or when I was just like waiting it's just it was, keeping you busy it was just something that was keeping me busy so like fidget spinners would be a good thing to like oh, maybe try and okay. i tried them myself and doing things like that but nothing quite worked um until you got a beard <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> oh and now i play with my beard yeah sure <laughs> but yeah like it was super it was super embarrassing so like i i paint little miniatures and i'd paint them on instagram live so i'd be showing off my miniatures and they'd be like oh sweet miniatures but what the fuck happened to your hand and basically, it was like, oh, yeah, just kind of one of those things. And it would get so much attention that, like, I would start using my hands differently almost. Just, like, you know, sh just so they wouldn't show up on camera. Or, well, or, especially, yeah, because I remember you being on screen all the time. Yeah, or even when I was an electrician. Um, oh. Like, here, this is how you hang a light. So now you're holding this screw up, and the guy's watching you. He's like, what the fuck is with your hand? Did people ask? Yeah, man. <gasps> happened a lot. And... Yeah, it was like one of those things where it's like, fuck, I can't stop it no matter how hard I try. It's not like you're not trying. Yeah, and it's just eventually I gave up on it. But the the tr what ended up happening is when we started dating, you're like, hey, I kind of bite my nails too. Not as bad. What I find helps is put these fake nails on. Yeah, so we would go to like the nail salon and actually get like fake nails put on with the gel. Yeah, and that that broke it. That broke it for me. Like, it broke the habit because I wasn't able to bite them. So I had to do, like, three or four rounds of this where it, it was crazy. A nail would fall off and then blah, right away mm -hmm. buzz cut it down. It's like, fuck. Yeah. And then, okay, let's go back to the place and put it back on. And Yeah. Um, they say 21 days makes a habit. 21 or 28, I forget what it is. Yeah. But somewhere in there. But eventually, yeah, I was able to break that habit. And the point is, like, there are... There, just keep trying new things and eventually something will stick. Because that was 32 years of a habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then broken in like a couple months, essentially. Yeah. And uh, I I, I, uh, I, uh, I, was good for a while and then I bit him down again and whatever. Then I put the nails back on and yeah. it was good again. And now my hands are good and I think I truly have broken the habit. Like, yeah. And you went for months and months and months and then something happened. I think, oh... I don't know, we were, I think it was like we were stressed out about leaving or something like that. And then you did it one more time. Yeah, I was, uh, was buying a big purchase. 
and uh, uh yeah yeah that'll do it that'll do it so. and then yeah you got stressed out and that was it and then yeah that was the last time yeah but basically you know i did do it primarily because it was just a thing but there was the odd time where i did it when i was stressed so know your triggers and like mm-hmm. maybe if you're aware of them then maybe you can help stop like now i'm like okay if i am feeling low stress let's be aware like yeah. just i'm not gonna start again yeah but yeah now my hands look fucking fantastic i could be a <laughs> minus all the scars on them i could be a hand model for sure <laughs> yeah a lot of scars or need something to do play with your beard <laughs> yeah yeah that's it yeah that, like you can change things about yourself and it might fucking take you 32 years to change something about yourself but don't give up yeah. i gave up for like 10 years i'm like fuck it like yeah. whatever i guess this is just life but then you know i tried some other things and i was able to break the habit yeah you you, you do have control over your life yeah 100 percent. um what's your last one the last one and this one this one's so crazy because no one would ever know uh i had a huge speech impediment growing up like yeah like you couldn't say ours yeah i couldn't say ours like i couldn't say my own name because yeah one you of, have an r in your name one of my both most embarrassing things was like going to uh like blockbusters to rent video games and like oh what's your name and it's like mark and mike. like mike Aww. and then oh mike's not on the account i'm like no it no and it's Aww. just like fuck fuckity fuck but hey as the as the moral of this kind of episode is you can change things so i started learning i started practicing talking better and whatever it was it was it was awkward. Like yeah. it really affected my life. When I was a kid, I was very shy because I didn't want to get made fun of. Because right. I had some like older adults in my life make fun of me for this. Adults, adults that you ex- or respected. No, I'd never respect oh. them. They're fucking <laughs> okay. losers. If you're making fun of a child, you're a fucking loser. Yeah, I guess that's true. But you know, it was still hurtful and impactful. And made you shy. Not made me talk shy. Not wa- when when like when you know me, I'm a very charismatic person. I'm a very mm-hmm. like I like people, mm-hmm. and I always thought like I was introverted. But like no, I was just I just didn't want to get hurt by people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. But you can practice and you can get better. And that's what I did with my language, you know, is I started making more friends and started, like, just communicating. You eventually learn how to talk and do things properly. And sometimes these things take time. Yeah. A huge thing for me was also reading out loud. Mm. And this just goes back into the talking. Um, if you go back and listen to, like, the first episodes of Lorehammer and you listen to me <laughs> read, you'll be like, is this motherfucker retarded? Like, <laughs> seriously, like, is he... I could not read because it was not a skill I developed. And it was embarrassing. Like, I had to take my time when doing episodes and intentionally try to read them out loud. And you can see how I progressed with my reading skills. And now I have a podcast where all I do is just reading off a script. Right. And I'm starting to get to the point where I can add inflection where it needs to, start doing voices. Yeah. And it's... Everything is a skill you can learn and yeah. improve on. And if, you had to start improving that like way later in life. The school we went to did not require us to read out loud. Yeah, ever. like ever. So I never had to read out loud, loud. But there was like literally a meme with Lorham where it's like I would always say, I can't read. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, because I literally couldn't read out loud, you know. It's just... And look at you now. Look at me now. My goodness. But it was embarrassing, you know, especially when you're like, fuck, like... You know, 10,000 people just heard me fucking stutter like that or like just, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, you know, you get better at it. Do things, you get better at it. Come up with new ways, new techniques. These embarrassing moments, while they suck, they're also kind of that embarrassment. Use it as motivation to push yourself forward and to get to that next thing to, to push you and drive you forward, you know? 100%. 
Well, it's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah, and that's how I uh, use my embarrassment. Stub my toe, turn it into a cool front flip. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> like an action hero. Yeah. Uh, the, we all have embarrassing things about ourselves that we don't want other people to know. But also at the same time, you know, if you share people share it with people it loses some of that power it has over you yes you know 100 percent. it it loses that i like with lorehammer i used humor as a way to kind of get over the embarrassment yeah I, I would always make these memes or these jokes or like intentionally read words wrong sometimes just to then like you know play into the gig of it but uh and nine out of ten times that you actually talk about your embarrassment somebody can relate exactly somebody has gone through it can, and is finally like oh shit like i'm not alone and yeah yeah you gotta own it <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta own it and you get over it eventually yeah um one other thing i had that i didn't write down was like uh some things are out of your control unfortunately like growing up i had a little bit of acne everyone does fucking yeah. embarrassing yeah but you know Sometimes you just got to realize, well, this is just a stage in my life and it will be, it will be different. Yeah. I'm not going to be 45 with acne. See, I know that's that. funny because I always thought that and I still at 30 have acne and it's annoying as shit. But yeah. I think it, you can always tell when somebody else has had acne because if I put cream on my face or if I do like my acne treatment or whatever, you don't say anything. You don't look at me differently. Like it's just like, no, it sucks. Like yeah, it sucks. been there. Yeah. But you know, so not everything you can change. Some things you just got to accept that this is what it is for the moment and just try not to stress about it. Yeah. And if you can't change it in the moment, don't let it wear you out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Okay. So I have a couple and it's kind of like, I don't know, most girls will probably relate to this, relate to me on this one, but mine is mostly appearance related. So, um, the first was my hair. So I was dating this guy and I had incredibly long beautiful natural hair it went all the way down to my elbow i straightened it i curled it but i never treated it with anything i never dyed it i never touched it with any chemicals anything like that and then i was like i want like a hair tattoo which is basically like an undercut with a design so i could still keep my hair up at the gym but if it was up you would see this like cool design at the very bottom it wouldn't take away any of my length it was perfect yeah so the guy I was dating at the time was like, well, babe, I, I've done tattoos. So I, I done, I've given myself tattoos. I've given my friends tattoos. I can give you a tattoo. <laughs> oh. And I was like, well, that makes sense. Blind trust. You know, you would never hurt me. <laughs> great. Let's do it. So I showed him the picture that I wanted it to look like. And I should have known. I sat on the toilet and the buzzer went on before he even like separated my hair. And I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute. What are you doing? And he was like, okay, well, you, you separate it. And I was like, okay. So I separated it and then he started doing it. And then when he stopped, he showed me the picture and it was nothing like the picture I had shown him. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, this isn't the picture. And he was like, what? You didn't tell me you wanted exactly the right picture, which is fair, I guess. I, I don't know. Usually, no, I'm not giving them any slack on that one. I think uh, when you show someone a picture, that's what you are kind of wanting. Fuck, it was awful. <laughs> so like, I didn't say anything. He just kind of like put the razor down and then left the bathroom and then I just sat there and cried yikes and then the next day um he had oh yeah so the next day he had uh paid for me to get it cut but the only way to fix it was to literally shave half of my head oof so I went from having like very thick long full hair like my hair is very thick and very heavy 
And I went from being able to just like, uh, like it, it was just so different. There was half the hair there, half the everything. So then in an effort to try to fix that, I started coloring it. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, well, maybe this will make me feel better about it. Maybe this, whatever. So I started coloring it, and then eventually I chopped it off, which was devastating in itself. I literally felt like the whole Britney Spears thing. It was just <laughs> like, I feel crazy. Let's just get rid of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever. So then I started, um, because I had dyed it, I had to keep up with the dye. But a year later, I was like, I can't keep doing this to my hair. Like, this is fucked. Like, it's so damaging to my hair. I can't keep doing it. So, um... I had tried to, I, I went to the store and I was like, I need this to, I need to bring it back to my natural color. What do I do? And this person was like, okay, yes. first you have to bleach it and then you have to dye it this color, which is more like your natural color. And I was like, okay. He was like, keep this bleach in for 30 minutes. And I was like, ooh, 30 minutes sounds real aggressive, but like, let's go. So I kept it in for 15 minutes because she was like crazy. And then when I went to rinse it out, I felt this like glob of something go down my leg in the shower. And Ugh. I looked down and it was like my hair, like a Yikes. glob of my hair. My hair had literally fallen out. It was fried right off. So I freaked the fuck out. Jeez. The next day. That hairdresser sucks. Oh, he was awful. What the heck? It wasn't even a hairdresser. Like I went to Sally Hansen's or whatever. So in, that's the first, like you don't ever do this, but like I was broke and like, <laughs> trying to just take control and whatever. So then I, um, I went to somebody or I went to work and I was like, my hair is literally falling out. How do I deal with this? And he was like, go to my girlfriend, she'll fix it, whatever. So I went to somebody else and, um, fixed it. Like he cut it into kind of like a bob type thing where I could hide it a little bit better. Then I had that big breakup and I was so stressed in the middle of that, that my hair was literally falling out just above my temples. It was literally be, like balls like it was so stressful and so whatever so it was oh my god i was i couldn't wear toques at at work to hide it i couldn't i could not hide my hair there was nothing around this i couldn't just bobby pin it up like it was crazy so then by that point we had gone oh, thank god we had gone remote actually which was a blessing so pandemic hit we were all working from home and i was like thank fuck, I don't have to do my hair every day and I can just hide it. This is perfect. <laughs> so I, yeah, I had finally gotten it to like the natural stage and started letting it grow out a little bit. And then my cousin would cut it really, really, really short and then let it grow out, cut it short, let it grow out. And then finally, when the natural color had just hit, we left it. And I mean, honestly, I should have done that way before because the way that it grew out, my natural, like, never-been-touched hair, it's curly now. Like, I used to have curly hair as a baby, and yeah. then I straightened it so much and whatever that it just kind of, like, I don't know, perma-straightened. <laughs> and now I don't touch it with heat ever. I don't really put product in it. Well, I put a little bit of gel in it to keep the curls tight, but it is au naturel, baby. And <laughs> I, I love my hair now. It's, like, the best. I want it to be a little bit longer, but... Man, it was embarrassing. I was mortified. I couldn't go out anywhere. I did not feel pretty. I didn't look pretty. I, oh, it was awful. And at that point, I was dating somebody who was very, everything was about the physical stuff. Everything was about how you looked. He wanted a trophy wife. He So I felt like I was failing him. I was failing myself. I didn't feel the best. So who I was wasn't admitting properly. It was and it lasted for like a year and a half, two years. Jeez. It was awful. That is awful. <laughs> it was awful. And then my second one. Well, just uh, going back to your hair, like, you know, 
it might have affected you and you might have thought you were like I guarantee more you were putting more energy into it than people 100%. around you. Because you know, when I when we started hanging out, like you had short hair and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, you I thought uh, it was a good look. Even until recently you've been like, Well, I do like it short. Like I don't know how long you want it to get, but like I like it short. I oh, like whatever. it short. Yeah, like other people don't care half the time. Yeah. Actually it was nice because when I when we started hanging out, I was like yeah, it was, like, the worst I think I had ever looked as a whole, where it was, like, I just felt depressed, I was trying to get over the breakup, I was all of these things, and I just didn't, like, I was, like, big hoodies, and cover myself up, and hide, and hide, and hide, and you, like, fell in love with that. You fell in love with me as me, and, <laughs> oh my god, and that did wonders for my self-esteem <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> yeah, some of these things we get in our head about way more than other people do. 100%. Like, yeah, su- you're super embarrassed, but no one else fucking cared. 100%. Yeah, and actually the next one you can relate to on, I think, more than anybody because we've talked about it. So... I was, again, dating this fucking asshole, and this is all the tattooed guy, by the way, (laughs) just for the record. Um, So I was dating him, and his sister was awful. His family was awful, and there was just so much stress happening in my life, and, like, I had no control over what was going on or how people were treating me or what was being said or anything like that. And so my body's response to stress at the time was throwing up. Like, if I felt stressed in any regard, I would puke instantly. He would tell me something stressful, and instantly, within seconds, I would puke. That's crazy. It was crazy. So Jeez, that's insane. As a result, all of the acid from my stomach had been damaging my teeth. And we went to a wedding, and I looked fucking amazing at this wedding. But we, I, I bit into the steak, and when I bit into the steak, one of my tooth fell out. What the heck? Like, That's like nightmare bad dream level out. shit. Yeah. And I was what? like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I told him and he was like, it's okay, it's okay. We'll deal with it later. We'll deal with it later. But then that, like the fun at the wedding basically stopped there. I was mortified. That's crazy. So then, and dentists in Canada are fucking expensive. So $1,500 later, I had gotten the rest of that tooth pulled out, but it's in my smile line. So I was like, I need something. Like I can't just not have a tooth. And they said to fix it, they needed $1,900 to make a mold and then another $1,900 to put it in. Man, they're criminals. Fucked. Like, it was mortifying. And so I'm like, and I can't even imagine because I kind of had money at that time. Like, I had a good job and decent income. But all of these people who don't are Hmm. just stuck with this forever. It was awful. Fuck. So I went. Goddamn non essential bones. Yeah, right. Fuck. So I went a few weeks without having this tooth and I didn't smile. I barely talked. I did not engage. It was like, I just like internalized everything. I just like sunk into myself. Finally got the appointment. They made this like mold, which is basically um, like a retainer and it just sits in my mouth and whatever. And I still haven't gotten the actual tooth put in because, well, now I'm not in Canada and like who has two grand to just throw or four grand really <laughs> to just throw around and so um when we started dating i was like i think i don't even know how it came up i think i had said like yeah i've got a retainer and just left it at that it could be for braces it could be for anything that your pretty little heart imagined <laughs> and then you had said that you had this too like you had that same retainer or whatever at one point you asked to see it yeah i i was missing my two front teeth so like there's the two front ones and then there's the two right beside it 
I was born without them. Mm. So growing up, I had two huge holes. Yeah. It didn't bug me as much because I, I chalked up to like whatever. I, I, it's going to work itself out. Right. I had whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, when we started dating, he was like, can I see it? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. And then he, you said like, no, like, let me tell you my story. And mm-hmm. then told me, and I was just like, oh shit. Like you're perfect. Like no. that's crazy that you, uh, you had to deal with this and you understand it. And like, holy snap. But I think at the time, I really struggled with, like, I needed to look perfect. I needed to sound perfect. I needed to be perfect with this person that I was with because that's how he projected or he pretended to be and, like, carried himself. Because that's the only way you thought he would love you. That is exactly it. And and that's not a good place to be. I Yeah, and he had kind of made it known that he thought I was an idiot. So, like, my appearances were all that I could offer. Fuck. And I had failed and failed and failed. Well, I've met both of you and, uh... I know which one's the idiot. I, I can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but we have some questions to ask about embarrassment because... Because we all go through embarrassing things. Everybody does. Everyone does. And Life could, is awkward and embarrassing most of the time. It could be like you got in a car accident and it was your fault. That's embarrassing. I remember going for my first learner's test mm-hmm. and I didn't read the book because I was like, it's fucking stupid. Like, I'm not going to do it. And I'd seen my sister study for hours and hours and hours. But you go in and you take the test and they're like, if you, if you get it, you come back. If you don't, you just leave. And I failed the test. And I was like, oh my God, like that's mortifying and how many people are around me that know and like oh i'll never forget how embarrassing <laughs> that was but like everybody in life gets embarrassed it's yeah. so normal yeah yeah so three questions three three big 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 things is how many times do you think other people have experienced the same thing you did or something similar to it? Yeah. So even when on my, like my list of things, like I can relate to your tooth problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Your one sister could speak properly. So she could relate to my one Mm -hmm. speaking problem. Like, Even in our immediate family, we have people we can connect to about this. Exactly. So I'm sure in the six billion other people in the world, somebody else, they wouldn't even have this tooth thing if other people didn't deal with it. Yeah. And it's fine. It's yeah, fine. hundred percent. The next thing is if a friend had told you that that memory happened to them, what would you tell them? Yeah. And I, this is actually interesting. So I remember going over to mom's houses and like other people's mom's houses and they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry that this isn't right. And dinner's probably not that great. And da, 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 da. And every time I'm like would you tell that to your friend that just cooked for you? She was like, oh, of course not. So why do you say it to yourself? Yeah. It's so crazy how people speak to themselves when they would demand the other, or when they would demand respect from themselves for others in the same situation. Sure, sure. It's crazy. (laughs) And then the last is, can you think about the memory from somebody else's point of view? Hmm. So I think in my area, I was comparing it to his point of view, but when I look at it now, hindsight 2020, he did not have a healthy view anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to be my standard. I should never want that to be my standard. Yeah. So really take a look at who you're looking at for approval or acceptance and really why and let that answer itself. Yeah. Yeah. For me and the bedwetting and my parents, they never made me feel bad about it, which mm-hmm. was super nice. Like, yeah, okay. They punished me for it when I hit it. But like, yeah. Um yeah, their point of view is they just they just wanted it to be dealt with and like they obviously understood and you know, sometimes 
Yeah. More people understand more than you'll give them credit for. Hundo. So. Um, it's also important to like, so here's some things you can do if you're still handling the embarrassment or whatever. A, keep it in the right tense. Like you used to wet the bed. You yeah. don't anymore. Well, not that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I did crash the car. Well, you're not doing it right now. So it's in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't change the past. So just fucking move past it. You really, really, really can. So yeah. And you can't, yeah, like, don't let the past have that kind of power over you. Yeah. It's debilitating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's something that you can't control anymore, so don't let it do that. Yeah. Um, The second? Stop apologizing. Yeah. So this is huge. Um, It's important to remember that when you apologize, you're bringing yourself back into that past tense situation. Hmm. You're bringing that, that feeling, that emotion, that everything back into the present, don't do that. Like, you've already apologized, you've stopped, whatever. Move on and let it go because I'm sure everybody else has. Yeah. Um, the other thing was you have to just be you. You be emotional you. Be neurotic you. You can't just pretend like things don't exist if they do because that's not authentic. Yeah, or things don't bug you when you do because then you're not going to fix it. Exactly. Like, listen to your body, listen to the embarrassment, listen to Mm -hmm. what it's telling you, and do something about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hundo. And... Visit humiliations past. Yeah, so this will keep you in perspective. Like, you know when you uh, thought you were really going to die? Were you? Yeah. <laughs> like, did I die at that wedding? Yeah. Probably not. Like, you yeah. just, yeah. As an exercise, start listing your, like, top five embarrassments and talk about it. Like, is that really going to kill me? What is that yeah. really going to impact? Yeah. If my friends found out I wet the bed, would that mean they're not going to be my friend anymore? No, of course it wouldn't. We of went to a very not. small school. They had a very small pool of candidates. <laughs> they, they yeah, were I got, I got lucky in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> they were yours for life. <laughs> yeah. Um, own it. Like, it's you. It happened. It It's not going away unless, you know, in some sort, sort of, in some situations. But you got to own it. You just have to be who you are and... Like, now we're talking about it, and it's like, well, like, maybe other people can relate. Maybe we can get advice. Maybe we can, but you, if you hide it, and you, and you hide away from it, and you just, it's, you're not being authentically you, and you're not owning it, and you're never going to be able to handle it if you don't just accept that it's a thing. Sure. Uh, this is my favorite. Just laugh about it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I was a stupid bedwetter. Who cares? Like, even this episode, we've laughed a whole bunch. It just, who cares? <laughs> Take humor in where you, where you can find it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like humor. 100%. I made fun of myself, made memes about myself on the internet. Like, it was just whatever. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, allow some tilting. So embarrassment really comes down to perfectionism. We all have this perfect way of life or way of doing things or whatever that we have in our heads it's not ever going to be that so let go of that sense of perfectionism and yeah. just allow yourself to be human yeah People need to start acting like they're human yeah like you see too much on like instagram just all these you know instagram reality instagram models all these people that have like million dollars houses yet here they are you know million dollars in debt they're miserable. or whatever miserable people like 100 percent I actually saw something the other day that basically said, like, people need to start owning, or, like, if you fall down, 
get back up. People need to start behaving like humanity. Yeah, 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 exactly. People do make mistakes. Like I'm I'm okay to admit my mistakes when I know the mistakes because that is how you grow. That's how you actually stop making those same mistakes. I love the way that I grow. I love the way that I make mistakes and learn from it. I love the way I crash and then pick myself up again. You have to. It's all a process. And if you pretend like you don't make mistakes, you'll never improve. Yeah. Even this podcast is an exercise in honesty. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I could, I could lie about it and be like, oh, my embarrassing moments where I tripped going up the stairs. No, that's like, no, be real with yourself. Be honest and, you know, don't be afraid to learn. Yep. Yep. 100%. Learn how to be afraid. Embarrassment, like perfectionism, is essentially fear of being perceived in a way that is less than, well, like, than we'd like to be perceived. (laughs) And that's so important because, like, nobody gets to decide like how they how and how somebody perceives you is usually an indication on how they perceive self Hmm. so remember that if somebody's dragging you down and being angry and whatever it's all indication of how they perceive self yeah like we know those angry people that just fucking trounce everyone they talk to it's like clearly go online keyboard warriors yeah it's like clearly there's something else going on here in your life 100 percent. but learn how to be afraid like who cares what people Like, yeah, like, I'll never make everybody like me. Actually, you said it one way where you're just like, if you're in a room with one person, Mm. you have a good chance of not offending that person. Yeah, I won't offend that person. Yeah. But as that, then I go in a room with 10 people, chances are good I'm not going to offend anyone with anything I say. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as that number increases, the chance I say something will offend somebody. You're always going to... You know, even if I say, oh, I love my mother, then somebody says, well, my mother beat me. So as you expand that circle, you know, there's going to be always that kind of somebody you're going to butt heads with or whatever. 100%. Yep. Um, Step away from the looking glass. So we we're scared of how people perceive us. We assume that they're reacting to our embarrassment in a way that may or may not be bad. So we base our reaction to that assumption of how they might react Hmm. before anything has even happened. Hmm. So you're like, you're navigating this whole fictional world that you don't even know what they're going to do if they see this happen. Yeah. Somebody could come out of the woodwork and be like, yo, I've got five missing teeth too. Let's be homies. Like, <laughs> yeah. Instead of like, oh my, and I've never had somebody come up to me and be like, oh, you've got a missing tooth. That's peasant disgusting. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Peasant shit. Like <laughs> nobody's ever said that to me. Yeah. But I have it worked up in my head that it's embarrassing and it's yeah. not perfect and Kylie Jenner doesn't have missing teeth. So, <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. It's unrealistic. And it's a lot of needless guesswork. Yeah. Not a lot of strain on yourself at no point. 100%. Um, the last is solicit other stories. So, again, like... That's what we're doing? That's what we're doing. Yeah. And other people guarantee have gone through something similar. If yeah. not what we have, but they felt embarrassed. Yeah. And then even you'll find people that have gotten over what mm-hmm. you have gotten gone through and that's where it can really help you know 100 percent. there is that light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. and if these don't work the memory might be painful for more reasons other than embarrassment so if your embarrassment was caused by acting in a way that conflicted with your own values you might feel shame or guilt yeah 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 so like this it, one go ahead no no you so this is funny because you brought up shame or guilt you, I think it was shame with the whole bedwetting thing. Yeah. 
And we're going to break that down a little bit, but I have a story for you first. Okay. (laughs) So when Mark first had brought this episode idea to me, I was like, well, I don't know. Like I used to wet the bed, but I just, it never really affected me that much. And like, I used to bite my nails. It didn't really affect me. Like it did, but I just like dealt with it and whatever. The first thing that came to mind about being embarrassed was I was the other girl twice. And we're going to dive into that. I'm going to tell you both stories and how I kind of not justified it, but how I worked it out in my head. Um, Because this absolutely conflicted with my values. And so, yeah, there is shame. There's guilt Mm -hmm. around it. So the first one, I had just gotten out of a relationship with this guy who was incredibly insecure. He lied about everything. Um, Sex was a whole big thing. I had to cater to him and his needs and in a very like it was just not healthy and not normal and I had to dance around his emotions and he was eight years older than me so I thought that by dating him in the first place it was like structure and stability (laughs) and no I ended up dating a 30 30 year old man I was babysitting a 30 year old man (laughs) and it was crazy And so after we broke up, I was like, I never want to deal with a guy's emotions again. So I'm going to, I want sex, but I don't want emotions. So on Tinder, this guy that looks like Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy showed up. And I was like, excellent. Like I can see, I can read you like a fucking book. Like (laughs) you're probably the biggest player I've ever seen. You, you don't have a heart. You don't have emotion. I'll never be tied to you. Like, there's no, you know, deep <laughs> anything here. Sure. So this is perfect. Then about, like, four or five months into it, he, I found out that he got somebody pregnant and had been dating this girl for, like, three years. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then so I asked him about it, and he was like, well, no, she's okay with it. She knows. She can't, you can't tie me down, blah, 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 blah. Jeez. And in my heart, I knew. I was like, she probably doesn't know. You're a fucking asshole. But also excellent because even more protection around myself. Like, I know you're not going to want to date me. Now you have a kid. Like, now this is perfect. And I don't even really think that I thought about the kid at all. Like, I don't. In my mind, I wasn't even going there because that would have made me do something and switch it up a little bit. I was just like, well, if she's been dating you for this long, she knows you. Like, she knows you're an asshole. So her own fault, whatever. (laughs) Not my problem, whatever. And then I think what kept him around, honestly, was that I wasn't interested in him. I would call him out. I wasn't begging for him to come over. I was, he, he couldn't figure me out, which I think is what kept him around. Then I don't even know what ended that. I think I ended that. And I was just like, listen, like, I'm not interested anymore. And that's it. Now, the other time was after me and my ex broke up. Um, He had started dating somebody right away. And he had come over to my house a few times. And we didn't have sex, but he absolutely cheated on her. And I, in my mind, I was like, well, she was the rebound. Like, we've been together for five years maybe separated for two months but like does that really that like no there's this whole emotional thing in me and there's whole like she has no idea she's so on the outlines and the outside picture of this that like it doesn't even matter at this point she's the other girl realistically (laughs) like let's just yeah and yeah no I disagree with my stance on both of that like I think at that time I was just trying to protect myself and using a guy to do that and at the same time affecting the girl in that life and like not cool not cute not okay 
But, and there is, like, well, was. There was a lot of shame and guilt with that. But sometimes we confuse shame and guilt with a related but different emotion. So guilt is feeling when, is a feeling you get when you did something wrong or perceived that you did something wrong. Shame, on the other hand, is feeling that your whole self is wrong. And it might not be related to a specific behavior or event. So that that guilt is linked to depression, suicide. Um, it's not healthy. You keep beating yourself up. Oh, sorry. No, shame. Shame is the feeling of the whole self. So that's linked to depression, suicide, self-hatred, internalizing. Not healthy. You keep beating yourself up. You keep. It's just not, not, not good. However, feelings of guilt, on the other hand, is a sign that you're going through a healthy recovery. It's a process that allows you to take ownership of your behaviors and reverse them. Yeah, like I just keep thinking about like how I treated my brother and like it. I, I talked to you a couple times throughout the course of the week. Like, man, I should just message him and apologize. And I didn't yet and I didn't and thankfully I didn't. But like it was just like, yeah, you know, it, it, it goes against your conscience, that guilt or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can use it because it's trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. But you messaging your brother that way didn't shift your entire reality of who you were. It wasn't like, oh my God, I'm a failure. I'm, yeah, I yeah, suck yeah. at communicating. I'm this, I'm that, yeah. I'm this. It was just like, yo, that one specific message, not okay. Yeah, it, that is not who I am. That's not what I do to other people. I, I say to everyone, I say everyone who listens, you can message me anytime. Yet yeah. here I shut down my own brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a guilt feeling and it wasn't, yeah, it was just not cool. And yeah. you got you to gotta pick up on these things. Yeah. So... If you're in a situation where you've done something fucked up, that's not just something you're embarrassed about. It's like a choice that you made mm -hmm. that you now regret. Let's dive into that. You could feel shame, which is not healthy. It's not healthy to decide that your entire being, your entire personality is dictated by this one wrong decision. However, guilt. So we've kind of outlined some things you can do when it comes down to guilt. And let's start. So naming your guilt so i kind of have this like way of doing this so you set aside some quiet time for yourself go to a room be private like just be alone for a second and you can bring a journal keep track of your thoughts sometimes i do voice memos where i like just talk out loud to my phone in a recording or whatever i can listen to it later set some time aside do that you can say, like, I feel guilty because I shouted at my kids, I broke a promise, I cheated on a test, all that kind of stuff. But mentally open the door to guilt, frustration, anger, regret, any other emotions that come up with that, and write it down. Again, write it down. Again, write it down. Because it helps really process what you're feeling and confirm what you're feeling and getting it out of your body helps. Yeah. Um, and then sit with those feelings and explore them with curiosity. And this is a big one too, not judgment. So why did I feel like this? Why did I do this? Why did I yell at my kids? Was yeah. I triggered by something? Was I set off by something? Did they say something that was right about me? And I didn't like that. Like really look into that with curiosity instead of judgment. Yeah. Many situations are just way more complex than they first appear. And picking apart the knots of distress can help you get a better handle on what you're really, really feeling. Sure. Um, the second one, 
is explore the source. So surviving trauma or disaster. Um, was it uh, a conflict because between personal values and choices that you've made? Was it mental or healthy, mental or physical health concerns? Um, some thoughts or desires that you believe you shouldn't have? Was it taking care of your needs before somebody else when you felt like maybe you should have been focusing on somebody else? Like really explore the source. Mm -hmm. Why were you, what set you off? Then. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then go apologize, make amends. Like I actually have reached out to one of the girls and yeah, I, I said what I needed to say and I did not. Okay. First of all, I acknowledged my role. I was remorseful. I did not make excuses. Yeah, yeah, because people don't want to hear that. Like, even though, like, you, uh, in the previous one, you said explore the source and, like, you know, explore why you're feeling that way with curiosity. And you might find out, oh, shit, I was just lashing out for X reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't need to know that reason necessarily. No. Like, they, you know, you don't need to try to pass the buck away. Not during the apology process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a week when you guys all talk about it and everything, then maybe that can come up then. Yeah. And just like, hey, listen, I've been doing some crazy growth this week and i just wanted to talk to you about that because this whole situation has brought this into light and like thank you for being what like for playing that part and showing me that i was wrong Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah acknowledge your role show remorse avoid making excuses and then ask for forgiveness yeah what's really nice about apologizing is it does two things it will relieve the, the guilt the stress the embarrassment and you whatever but it'll also give them an opportunity to be a better person as well. And when you both like take this opportunity to be a better person, boom, now you've just taken your relationship or whatever to that next level where you're both like, look, we're both great people. People mm-hmm. make mistakes, but ultimately we're both great people. Like I, I, I was humbled and I came to you with my tail between my legs. You're an amazing person for accepting my, for, yeah. Your, for yeah, offering forgiveness. Yeah. But yeah, you give them that opportunity too. And that shows who they can be, you know? 100%. And it can be powerful, just as powerful for them as it is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, learn from the past. So like what led to the mistake? Explore the triggers that prompted your action and the feel and any feelings that tipped you over the edge. Um, I was actually talking to somebody this week and... I told him, I was like, anytime you're sending an angry text message, send it to yourself or on a note. I almost think that sending it to yourself is like better because then you're the one receiving all these angry things. <laughs> like you're literally, if you, I don't know if anybody's texted themselves, but when you text yourself, it actually comes up <laughs> as the yeah. other person. Yeah. And it's not fun to be on the receiving end of any angry message. But uh, just, be... just a small side story. I, uh. I had my my own contact uh, of my own phone number or whatever, and then I labeled it like mom or whatever. Uh. <laughs> and then, uh, I would write a message and be like, hey, can you come pick me up? And then like, if I had to get out of a situation, I'd press that button. Oh and then I'd be like, hey, look, my mom needs me to go pick Oh my God, that's genius. <laughs> I hear lots of parents are doing code words now. So mm. it's like, they'll tell their kid that if you ever say mom pretty please, that means say no. And so kids will like, mom, pretty please, can <laughs> That's I please too above go to my the sleepover? <laughs> I, I just, you know, keep it to myself and fake it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, shit, I got to go here. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in that text message thing, I think it's also super important. Save it. Save that note that you've written. Save it and then look at it in a week. Look at it in a year. Why did I come across like that? Like, holy shit, that was so angry. Like, 
that's not how I want to come across and that's not how I want to see that seemed desperate that seemed like impulsive that seemed like the only way to fix your own behavior is to learn your behavior learn what triggers you what steps you or what tips you off all that kind of stuff Mm. now again learning from the past what would you do differently so going back to all of these things like obviously now I wouldn't be sleeping with somebody who was in a relationship that's that's easy now. <laughs> and actually, this is this was really important for me when we started dating because I did not want like you and I were friends, 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 even after you guys broke up. And I I did not want to start any kind of relationship like that. Like I wasn't going to be on the tail end of somebody else's breakup. I wasn't yeah. going to be the reason they got better. I wasn't going to be a rebound. Like it had to be separate for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, what did your actions tell you about yourself? Did they point out any specific behaviors that you can work on? And, and again, this takes a lot of humility, a lot of like, I'm not perfect. Let's dive into that. I'll never be perfect, but now we can try. Yeah. And it's huge. Yeah. Um, practice gratitude. So this one's a big one because there's this thing where it's like, stop apologizing. And we in Canada... It's like a joke that we apologize <laughs> too often. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, like, when we started dating, I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't shut the door. Oh, sorry, I didn't, I don't know, anything because I was terrified of my ex. Like, I, <laughs> I spent my life apologizing. But there's a way that you can do this now and acknowledge their behavior instead of apologizing for yours. So if I'm late for a meeting, don't say, sorry, I'm late. Say, thank you for waiting. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And acknowledge, like, thank loved ones for their kindness. Thank you for allowing me to be imperfect. Yeah, yeah. And it just changes the whole narrative. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's mm. amazing. Um, make your appreciation clear. So if you have an argument or whatever, go afterwards and be like, listen, I know that last week that we had that conversation. I'm glad that you forgave me, but I really wanted to let you know how much that meant to me. Yeah. Thank you for being the light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you for still being in my life. Um, acknowledge opportunities that you've gained as a result of their support. Like I was able to really get some insight into why I was acting that way. And You've been a constant, and yeah, you were upset, rightfully so, but thank you. Thank you for that. And then committing to pay that support forward. So if somebody fucks up and you've been on, you've been the person with the tail between your legs going to that person for forgiveness, be the forgiving party the next time. Yep. Offer grace to the next person that comes and apologizes for you. And I mean, you brought that up with you and your brother. Yeah. Where it's just like, thank you for being that person for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, we all we are we all find ourselves on both ends of this equation, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, yeah. When, when you experience it, you know how powerful it can be, and yeah, you want to pass that on. Hundred percent. Now, mistakes get made, and this goes back to that shame guilt thing, where it's like, this is just a mistake. Yeah, it was detrimental to this person and that person mm-hmm. and this person, but at the end of the day, it was one moment in my entire life yeah this is not who i am this is not who i strive to be exactly so replace that negative self-talk with compassion like if somebody was telling you that they did this how would you react without tearing them down without tearing them apart for it so if somebody now came to me and was like yo i'm sleeping with this guy i'm the side bitch blah 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 i wouldn't rip them apart <laughs> honestly it would break my heart more more so i'd be like well what are you missing that you don't want to be the main chick like yeah what does that say about you and i want to love you 
let's figure this out together. Let's go on this journey together and figure out why you don't respect yourself enough to be the main focus and why you think that, you know, this is okay and why you're okay with hurting this other person you've never met. Like all of these different things. But you need to, like, how do you react without tearing them down? That's yeah. it. Hmm. Um, remember, guilt can work for you. Mark has said this many, 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 many times in this episode. <laughs> Um, when it's used as a tool, guilt can cast light on areas of your life that you feel dissatisfied with. Exactly. And it's as, literally as simple as that. It, it's a tool that your brain has developed to make you better. Yeah, that's how our bodies hey, work. Hey, that was shitty of you. Stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. No, you're right. That was shitty brain. Thanks. I really don't think that there's a lot that we do as humans that we should have to hide. Unless you're doing Unless something Unless it's taxes. You know. oh, fucking taxes. I love tax evasion. Tax. I hide it all day long. <laughs> but like, let's take porn as an example. Um, I remember, oh, I'm going to say it. Oh, fuck it. I remember going downstairs as a child and I would go into like, I couldn't sleep or had a bad dream or whatever. My dad would be up in the middle of the night and I would walk in the room and I still remember the screen. There was flashing lights everywhere on the corner. <laughs> so like, and he would lose his shit. He would scatter everything. He would like and freak out and like, get upstairs right now, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you hiding, buddy? Like, whoa. And if you have to hide it, you probably should not be doing it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it just goes <laughs> down to like, if you You're... have to hide it. Don't you, fucking do it. Your real dad's ridiculous. Like, yeah, uh, my birth dad. This is my birth dad, by the way. Yeah. When we just started dating, we went over there one time to like, because uh, <laughs> we're helping uh, one of our roommates move in there. Long story short, whatever. We found ourselves there. Yeah. And he sat me down. And one of the first things he said was. And this was, is after not seeing you for like 15 years. Yeah, not having exactly. having a real conversation with you ever in exactly. life. And he's like, he sat me down. He's like, so how's your porn addictions? Like, I know you young men suffer with it. I'm just like. I don't fucking know you. And now I hear these stories where he's yeah. fucking scrambling and hiding. It's his all board. projection. It's all projection. It's, it's all just projection. Like, it's crazy. I'm fine. How are you? Hundred <laughs> like, percent. Fucking goon. <laughs> but but really, 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 if you have to hide it, it's saying something. Yeah, yeah, there is a problem. Cause like, yeah, I watch porn, but it's not a big deal. Like yeah. it's like if it's two in the morning, I just can't sleep. Yeah, I'll go watch porn beat one out. Who fucking That is cares? your body releasing hormones. Yeah, but, you know, it's a different story if, yeah, you're scrambling and hiding it. Every night you're jerking your off to fucking anime know. titties or whatever. You're going off and preaching at church about not watching porn. And then yeah. your kids are walking in on you. Like, if you have to hide it, it's an indication that you probably should not be doing it. Or, or you're doing too much of it or yeah. whatever that may be. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then last, but definitely, definitely, definitely not least. At one part of this, I said that I used to feel shame or guilt. Yeah. And that's very important because I've forgiven myself. I will not, like, I, I've taken responsibility for my actions. I've expressed remorse and regret without letting it transform into shame. I've committed to making amends for any harm. And I've practiced self-acceptance and trust that I'm going to do better in the future. Yep. That's it. It was a lesson. I learned it. And now we have to move on. Yep. I will never hold myself guilty for years and years and years because it's done. It's done. And if anybody else wants to hold me guilty for it, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you can't live life like that. You can't keep beating yourself up for things that you've dealt with that were in the past. And like, if you've gone through all of these steps, then move on. Yeah. But on the other end of that, you can't just pretend like you've done this 
and then move on. If you're still doing it, if you're still actively, and then you expect people to not mention it. Yeah. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, like, you can only control what you can control, which is yeah. yourself. Yeah. And we're all people, and we all have things that we need to work on. We all have things we're embarrassed by. We're not human. Or we're not perfect. We're human. Yeah. And, uh, but the nice thing is, you are in control of yourself, and 100%. that's all you got. So 100%. Find new ways to get over it. Use guilt as a as a tool to get over it yeah. or as a way to maybe identify it is a better way to say it. But. Yeah. And if you have identified it and like I know we talked about porn for a second. I was talking to somebody this week about like a porn addiction and he was like, yeah, no, I've dealt with it. It's perfect. I'm not going to date anybody until I'm 25. Yeah. Like I'm not, my brain's not fully developed and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, are you saying that because of the porn it like you can't just shut one thing off and like yeah like that's equally unhealthy now in the opposite direction yeah like you're still a human you're still like and yeah. we, we should just do an episode on sex eventually like mm -hmm. but we're wired around our reproductive organs yeah and there is a lot of guilt and shame and embarrassment around Tons. it and especially if you come from like a christian background like where i was raised like fuck if you jerk off now we have to pray for you and like yeah. i was in this crazy prayer group where it's literally like every week would go around have you masturbated this week it's like i'm a fucking Human. 16 year old teenage boy of course i fucking masturbated yeah. what are you talking about man but there's no guidance around healthy and realistic and yeah it's just a that's a good word realistic like be realistic because it's not realistic to just cut things off completely or to just dive in completely either yeah. you know be but realistic I, with your goals 100 percent. identify what it is why you feel so bad about it what you're doing like yeah i don't think anybody should be watching porn 16 hours a day yeah 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 or even every day is probably or even every like, day but like, yeah you know porn is not realistic it's yeah. not like there's it's messy and yeah. sticky and sweaty and Everything you see on porn is not the realistic sex. Like, it's just not. Uh, I don't know. I always just uh, Google search for my porn, like, perfect... Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect HD. <laughs> Let's just get the HD in it. <laughs> perfect HD. <laughs> oh, my. I got realistic sex. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I don't know. Like, you have to figure out why you're so triggered. And if it's guilt that you're stopping it, why do you feel guilty? Is it because of somebody's expectations? Is it because the world has decided or the Christian religion has decided or your parents have decided or like- Or maybe you have decided and you're breaking your own moral code. Yeah, like really what's, what is the gist of where you're getting at and yeah. why? Yeah. Because I think everybody has like their own ethics and their own moral code and you cannot- I was talking to somebody else about this too, where it's like, if you fake something now, especially in a marriage, in five years, you're either going to be expected to continue faking it yeah. or it's going to blow up all over again. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's just that's you cannot live life faking it because of other people's standards. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself because if you're not right now in six months, you're going to have another six months of that. Yeah. It's sure. just, you have to live authentically. And for me, it's not being a Christian. That's like a big thing. Yeah. Where it's just like, it's, I'm not the happiest living that Christian life. Like it's never fulfilled me the way that I needed to be fulfilled. It's never like, 
I can't do it. I can't. Works for some and good for those few, but fuck you if you're going to push it on me. So yeah, yeah. I, like, it, and, it doesn't and that's, work for me. It's that's not my gig. Thing. You can't, yeah, like everybody needs to live authentically for themselves and to make, like, you're, I'm the only one that knows me the best. Yeah. I am the only. And actually, this is interesting too. So I think that this podcast in itself has helped even your parents, people in my family really get to know who we really are. Yeah, because, you know, you put on, like, you know, you want to play nice with people. And it's like... Family gatherings. Okay, yeah, like, sure. You go to somebody's house and they pray for dinner. It's like, okay, you do that. but yeah. And they, they just see you bow your head. You're being respectful, but yeah. really... I'm, I don't care about that. But and even more like our, our, like what makes us happy, what we do yeah. outside of the 30 minute family dinners. And yeah, like, exactly. Parents don't get to know their kids anymore. We have learned how to censor our lives around our parents. Right. Yeah. And they censor their, their lives around us too. Yeah, but um, it's not, it doesn't, it's not an authentic relationship. That's yeah. not an honest relationship. I think that more often than not, kids and parents do not actually know each other. Yeah. And that makes me so sad. And there's been so many conversations in our family, even over the last three weeks, that have been like, okay, we're actually getting to know who everybody is yeah. and what makes everybody tick and what makes everybody happy and the, the dirty stuff, the gucky stuff, the nasty stuff, like the stuff that nobody really wants to talk about. Yeah. We get to talk about it. And it's, it's amazing to me. I get so happy and I'm like, <laughs> we're actually having meaningful conversations, not surface level bullshit. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Very nice. Well, that's the gist of it. We're actually going to do an episode on control and self-control next week because really, 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 the only thing we can control is ourselves. Yeah. You can't control the job you hate. You can control how you respond to it. You can't control the government. You can control how you respond to it. You can't control parents. You can control how you respond to it. Yeah. And people lose a lot of their power by not knowing how to respond hmm. to situations. Yeah. But let me tell you, you got control over it. Yeah, you can do anything you need to do. It's so it exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah, very cool. Um, hey, reach out to us on one of the 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 social medias or whatever. Maybe tell us one of your embarrassing stories. Maybe we'll be able to relate to it and be like, hey, yo, I actually did that too. Actually, that was pretty side awkward. note, well, Maddie and you are friends because of an embarrassing story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Lorehammer, <laughs> I, I told this super embarrassing time where I shit myself and I, I, it was quite the fantastic story. So then, uh, you know, the very first message he sent to me over at Instagram was, hey, like, here's my embarrassing shit story. It's and like, look at you now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can bond over these things. You can bond over it. So, yeah, own it. Let's talk about it. Share it with us. We're happy to hear it. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for listening. That was a fun episode. Thanks for doing this with me. Mm-hmm, 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 I mm-hmm. love this. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> I'm going to go find a cat and uh, befriend it, I suppose. I now. love that for you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.